Welcome to Grace Abounds. I'm Pastor Jen Shaw, and in this podcast, I'm sharing my Sunday sermons from St. John's Lutheran Church, Palm Desert, California. I'm so grateful that you've joined us, and I trust that these words build you up in faith, hope, and love. People who know me know that I'm a perfectionist. And while I hope to be gracious with the people in my life, I haven't always been so gracious with myself. I have a pretty ruthless inner critic. That voice inside my head that constantly points out all my faults and failures. And so it was very freeing for me some years ago when I was sharing with a mentor all the things I was telling myself about myself And she stopped me and said, would you say those things to someone you loved? And I said, no, of course not. (laughs) And she said, then why would you say them to yourself? It has been a gift to pass this wise counsel along, to remind people that no matter what other voices say, internal or external, you are a beloved child of God. To help people, in the words of one of my favorite singers, Pink, in her song, Perfect, change the voices in your head. Make them like you instead. To offer the blessed assurance that you are not alone in your struggles. Jesus had those voices too. Jesus was tested in every way we are, and yet was without sin. Jesus was tempted, too. The temptation of Jesus comes immediately after his baptism and immediately before the launch of his public ministry. It is a pivotal transition between the two. Three movements, baptism, temptation, ministry, Revealing the identity of Jesus as God's beloved child, the trials that Jesus faced in this broken world, the ministry of Jesus, the mission of Jesus to embody the good news of life in him. The temptation of Jesus comes immediately after his baptism. Jesus goes to the Jordan River where John is baptizing people for the forgiveness of sin. And though Jesus is without sin, he demonstrates his solidarity with us in being baptized. And when Jesus comes up out of the waters, the Holy Spirit descends like a dove, and the voice of God, the Father from heaven, says, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. The baptism of Jesus reveals the identity of Jesus, who he is. He is the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity. One God, three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit who love and delight in each other forever. God is a divine, eternal, joyous relationship of love. And it is with the assurance of his baptism, the affirmation of the love of God the Father, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, that Jesus faces temptation. 
The Spirit leads Jesus into the wilderness to be tested, but the Spirit doesn't leave him there. The temptation of Jesus comes immediately before the beginning of his public ministry. Before Jesus goes out healing people and feeding people, forgiving sinners, restoring outcasts, teaching disciples to be like him. The ministry of Jesus reveals his mission, what he is to do, what he has come to do. He is the Savior, come to bring good news of great joy for all the people, to embody God's great love for all human beings and the whole creation, to save the world. The temptation of Jesus is a test of his identity and his mission, who he is and what he will do. His belovedness as the child, the son of God, and his redemptive work as the savior of the world. The devil comes to Jesus in the wilderness after Jesus has fasted for 40 days and nights when he is starving. Imagine how you would feel if you spent over a month without food in the desert outside Joshua Tree. Imagine the emotional, physical, mental condition that Jesus is in. Yes, he was fully divine, and he was also fully human. Forty is a significant number throughout Scripture. It signifies a time of testing challenge, clarifying, a transition as the Lord is about to do something new in the life of the people. Forty days Moses spent on Mount Sinai before he came down with the Ten Commandments. Forty years the people of Israel spent in the wilderness, a place of challenge, testing, transition, before they entered the Promised Land. Forty days Jesus spent with the disciples preparing them to carry on his ministry after his resurrection and before his ascension into heaven. It's why there are 40 days in Lent. The Greek word for devil, diabolos, means slanderer, accuser, adversary. The devil represents those voices that speak against God and God's good purposes, those powers that act against God and God's good purposes, those forces that would try to pull us away from God and God's good purposes. The devil is the tempter. And temptation, by definition, is subtle. It usually starts with questions intended to sow doubt, distrust, division. The entity we would come to call the devil first appears in Scripture in Genesis 3, the crafty serpent who tempts Adam and Eve. And the first thing the devil says to Eve is, did God say? The devil questions Adam and Eve's relationship with God, questions their identity as God's beloved children and their mission to care for God's good creation, questions who they are and what they are to do. Adam and Eve, representative of all human beings, 
give in to temptation. They listen to the voice of the devil and not to the voice of the Lord. They fail to trust God. They fail to do what God told them to do. They fail to be who God created them to be. They sinned. Jesus did not. In contrast to Adam and Eve, Jesus overcame temptation. Jesus did not listen to the voice of the devil. Jesus listened to the voice of the Lord. Jesus countered the words of the accuser with the word of God. In response to each of the devil's three insidious suggestions, Jesus quotes the prophet Moses. His words recounted in the book of Deuteronomy. As Moses was speaking to the people in the wilderness as they were about to enter the promised land. First, the devil says to Jesus, Who is famished if you are the Son of God? The implied question being, Are you God's beloved child? And then he tempts Jesus to act in ways that would demonstrate a lack of trust in God. That would reveal a rejection of his identity as God's beloved child. A denial of his mission to serve God and others in sacrificial, triumphant, life-giving love. And in response to this temptation, Jesus says one does not live by bread alone but by the life-giving words of the Lord. God, our creator, redeemer, sustainer, provided manna in the wilderness and gives us our daily bread. And we can trust him to supply our deepest needs. Then, the devil takes Jesus to the pinnacle of the temple in Jerusalem and says again, if you are the son of God, Throw yourself down. And then the devil quotes scripture at him, specifically Psalm 91, which says that the Lord cares for those who trust in him. That the devil quotes scripture to tempt Jesus to demonstrate a lack of trust in God is an illustration that simply quoting scripture doesn't make someone right. The context of the passage and the motivation in quoting it matters. And to this temptation, Jesus responds, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. We don't need to prove God cares for us. Our very existence demonstrates that God cares for us. God wouldn't have made us if he didn't want us around if he wasn't invested in us, if he didn't care. And finally, the devil takes Jesus up on a high mountain and shows him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor and says, all of this I will give to you if you fall down and worship me. The devil says all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor indicates he is not talking about the earth and its fullness, not talking about God's good creation, which is not the devil's to give. He is referring to the corrupt and temporary power structures of our fallen world. 
the kingdoms of this world. And in response to this, Jesus says, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Our ultimate allegiance belongs only to the Lord, who is the king of all creation, whose kingdom is one of goodness and justice and peace, and whose kingdom will have no end. After this third temptation, Jesus sends the devil away, and the angels do come and care for him. Jesus overcomes temptation. He does not listen to the voice of the devil. He listens to the voice of the Lord. He knows who he is, and he knows what he came to do. His identity and his mission are secure. Jesus is the beloved Son of God, the Savior of the world, and he did what he came to do. He lived a life of grace and truth, showing and teaching us how to live. He went into the city of Jerusalem where he suffered and died on the cross and was buried and on the third day rose again to life, defeating sin and death forever and giving us life that does not end. He has filled us with his Holy Spirit. He is with us always and one day he will heal us in the whole creation. As the Apostle Paul affirms in Romans 5, as sin came into the world through Adam, and we are all sinners, so salvation came into the world through Jesus Christ, and we are all saved. But Paul continues, the free gift is not like the trespass. Our faults and failures cannot compare with the abounding forgiveness and mercy and grace of Jesus Christ. Life is stronger than death. Love is stronger than hate. And goodness is stronger than evil. Our compassionate creator will defeat the devil and all the forces and all the voices that speak and act against God. And our Savior Jesus Christ came into the world to embody this reality for us. I remember at Fuller Seminary in a class on the Gospels. One of the students wondered, how did the disciples, who wrote it down, know about the temptation of Jesus, as it seems there were no other human beings out there with him? And we realized the simplest explanation is that Jesus told them about his experience. He shared it with the disciples, who shared it with others, who shared it with us, so that we might know we have a Savior who is able to sympathize with our weaknesses, who walks right beside us through the wilderness places in this broken world, and who will bring us with him into the promised land. This past Friday, I was walking on the Bear Creek Canyon Trail, and that inner critic showed up again. But this time, I didn't listen to that voice. I did what Jesus did. I quoted scripture, specifically Romans 8.1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so I invite you 
when temptations come, to hold fast to your identity as a beloved child of God, to pray and ask God for strength and comfort, to seek the wise counsel of mentors and friends, to memorize passages of scripture and speak the truth of God's word against the lies of the devil, to live into your identity as God's beloved child and live out your mission to serve God and others in sacrificial, triumphant, life-giving love. I invite you to remember those voices, internal and external, that would tear you down, that would make you feel ashamed or insufficient, that would cause you to question, am I really loved? Am I really valued? Am I really going to be okay? Those voices are not true and they're not right. Those are the voices of the devil. Those are the voices we must resist. And those voices will fade as we listen to the voice of the Lord above all others saying, you are my beloved child and I am with you always. Amen. Thanks for listening. Each week's episode is edited by Nick Cox. Music performed by our St. John's Worship Band. Sermons by me, Pastor Jen Shaw. Make sure to subscribe to hear each week's message. If you'd like to know more about St. John's mission to know Christ and make Christ known, to share the life-giving word and do the life-giving work of Jesus, visit our website, stjohnslutheran.church. May God bless you on this day and in all the days ahead.